you woke up this morning, it's a good day. If you woke up healthy, it's a good day. If you woke up refreshed, then it's a good day. So get up, get out, get on your way. If you woke up broke, it's still a good day. And if you woke up diseased, it's still a good day. And if you woke up exhausted, it's still a good day. Because you woke up, so get on your way. Welcome to Travel by Proxy, the show where we leave our house so you don't have to. I'm Andrea. And I'm Aaron. In each episode, we feature a destination anywhere from right in our neighborhood to far off lands. We bring you our experience, some history, and a taste of each destination by sampling something unique to it. So whether you're listening to this in your car, on a train, on a plane, or in Spain... You'll learn about something to add to your bucket list. Or to remove from it. And in this week's episode, we are exploring the 5-8 in West St. Paul. We taste a cocktail that we have decided to call a hot cookie. And we're going to learn about the history of the 5-8 and the Juicy Lucy. So, sit back and take a journey with us as we talk about the world outside your window. How are we doing today, Andrea? I'm doing actually really good. Really, Yeah, um... We had the opportunity to taste one of the original claim to fame in invention inventors mm-hmm. of the Juicy Lucy in Minnesota. For our non our non Minnesota yeah. mid- Midwestern listeners, uh, the Juicy Lucy is a cheeseburger with the cheese on the inside of the patty. It's a stuffed burger. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of different ways that you can make a Juicy Lucy. The generally traditional way is, you know, kind of uh, American, American cheese. cheese. Inside, you know, you take two, th- you know, thinner burger patties and you need to seal them around the cheese mm-hmm. and then put that on the griddle or grill. Uh, and then once you have cooked that, you really need to wait several minutes to actually bite into it because the cheese is going to be molten, lava hot, and it could really burn your mouth yeah true uh juicy lucy veterans actually well it depends on on the true on your your way of eating a juicy Mm -hmm. lucy because some people like to like do the whole burger bite like they they wait and they bite in and experience everything all at once Mm -hmm. i on the other hand i'm a cutter i cut my my juicy lucy in half and then i and then that way it cools and i can eat it and then you get the added bonus of having some, like, cheese afterward to, mm-hmm. like, you know, eat your french fries with. Exactly. And, I mean, I, to be fair, I I am one of both. Like, it really depends on the day for me. Like, when we went to... So, you're, like, a Switch Lucy eater? Yes, exactly. I'm am, I'm ambidextrous in that way. You're ambilustrous? Ambilustrous. Sure. Let's put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ambilustrous. Uh, brought to you by Travel by Proxy. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's... It really, again, it depends. It depends on where I'm at. It depends on the day. It depends on how I'm feeling. It depends mm-hmm. on the phases of the moon and what goat entrails I read that that day. I don't know. It. I've been listening to a lot of things about like uh, Persian and Greek history. Oh, gotcha. And so it was this whole like reading of, uh, you know, like, like during a battle, reading of entrails and sacrifices. Mm-hmm. So that's just permeating my brain at this particular moment. Um, so naturally, we should talk about meat. Absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, um, there are two places in Minnesota that claim to have invented the Juicy Lucy. Mm-hmm. The two places are Matt's Bar mm-hmm. and the Five Eight Club, and they are really like very, very close to each other. Yeah, they're close in proximity, like physically. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were founded around the same time. Well, uh, no, they weren't. Because no. um, I mean, the invention of the Juicy Lucy is is 
credited around the same time. But like okay. the 5.8 goes back to Prohibition. Okay. So I was incorrect in that. Thank you for doing the research on that. You're welcome. Um, I, to be completely honest, I am a, I am a Matt's Bar uh, believer. Yeah. I mean... I love the 5.8. Well, I love every yeah. Juicy Lucy I've ever had. Uh, but I really... Every time that I want to introduce somebody who's just never had I take one. A, yeah, I take them to Matt's. Mm-hmm. Actually, honestly, I don't take them to Matt's or to the 5-8. You take them to the Nook. Yeah, I do. I, well, I take them to Shamrock's because you oh, can usually get too. seating at Shamrock's. Yep. Um, Shamrock's or the Nook uh, because they they have some of the... They have a very good modern take on the Juicy Lucy. Mm-hmm. So Or Blue Door. I'll take them to oh, Blue, Blue Door. Blue Door's Blue Door really too. good, too. Blue Door Pub. Mm-hmm. I love that we've started this conversation about the 5-8 by talking about, like, 15 other places. Well, it, the, it's because the, the Juicy Lucy is a Minnesota burger. Yeah. It, it, like, when when you think about, like, tastes of a state, um, the Juicy Lucy is a Minnesota flavor. Mm-hmm. It is a Minnesota thing. Like, was, like Wisconsin has, you know, the beer brought. It ha- Wisconsin has, um, I guess, Wisconsin has cheese curds. And beer cheese soup. Yep. Minnesota has the Juicy Lucy. Mm-hmm. Minnesota has, uh, you know, tater tot hot dish. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like tater tot hot dish. Really? Yeah. Minnesota has wild rice. I don't like wild rice. Really? Minnesota has the Juicy Lucy. I love okay. Juicy Lucy's. I, I knew that you love the Juicy Lucy because I've been to we, enough places we, with you yeah. eating them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I um, I don't, I don't actually like. Uh, <laughs> You don't like wild rice? No, I don't. Really? Yeah, it's crunchy. Okay. And to me, rice shouldn't be crunchy. I can accept that. It's a texture thing. I can accept the texture thing. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, my mom used to force it, force me to eat Uh, it when I was a kid. You would? Did she do like the soups, or was it just wild rice? It was wild rice, and then there was also wild rice soup, and then she put it in meatloaf, and then I wouldn't Mm. eat like the meatloaf. So yeah, there was a whole lot of stuff that I wouldn't. I didn't. I was a picky eater as a kid. Yeah. Um, and then the thing with tater tot hot dish for me, I don't like tater tot hot dish because I don't like mushrooms. And a lot of people will do like mushrooms in their tater tot hot dish. I don't. My recipe, I I like. I've gotten rid of the right. like, the cream of mushroom soups. Even. Yeah. Um, and I I did the I got rid of the cream of soups because my wife um, has lactose issues mm-hmm. with those soups specifically. So we've gone to. Uh, like if basically if you just take broth and mm-hmm. flour, you get the same thickening as you would, and then you can just add other flavors in there. So it's like we completely did away with all of the mushrooms in mine. Yeah, it's still to me though, it still comes out as a gelatinous mess. And I mean that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah, and that that to me just like that's one of those food things that like <laughs> it it shouldn't exist that way. There are some food items that should be a gelatinous mess, like pate, a uh, head mm-hmm. cheese, like. Those are things that are supposed to be a gelatinous mess, not hot dish. I mean, to be fair, not a casserole. To be fair, tater tater tot hot dish is one of the few things that looks like you've already chewed it as soon as it's on your plate. When you specifically have to add something to make it crunchy again, (laughs) you shouldn't be serving that to people. That means you messed up. Sometimes what I will do when I make tater tot hot dish is I will will just make tater tots Mm -hmm. separately. 
and then you know because it's like you get the 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 potatoes that are all mm-hmm. now kind of incorporated um but then you have like the nice crunchy tater tots that you throw in there so then you have that mm-hmm. added crunch along with kind of your like massive like thickened stew yeah and well and before our listeners start massively deleting our podcast because <laughs> i don't like tater tot hot dish i should say that i've had tater tot hot dish like at restaurants and i've mm-hmm. liked it before mm-hmm. like i have liked various preparations of tater tot hot dish Mm -hmm. i just don't like classic showing up to like a potluck or other kind of thing Mm -hmm. tater tot hot dish because it's i get you yeah anyway it's with the texture things Mm -hmm. i totally understand that so i want to kind of transition to something that i think tastes good yes and that is the cocktail Yes, I am really excited to taste this. Yeah. So, do you want to explain kind of the thing? Because it was right. it was more of your creation. Yeah. So this is a so this started off as a spice cookie. A spice cookie is Goldschlager, spiced rum, and then honey syrup. Honey syrup is something where you do a one to one mix of honey and water, mm-hmm. and that produces a honey syrup. Mm-hmm. Um, for this one, I'm I'm calling it a a hot cookie because mm-hmm. I substituted the Goldschlager for Fireball. Mm-hmm. And then we used gold rum instead of a spice rum. We used Tattersall's... Uh, uh, Norseman. Or we sorry, Norseman. Norseman's. We used Norseman's um, barrel, whiskey barrel-aged mm-hmm. uh, rum for this one. And then I used a dark, in, a dark uh, simple syrup mm-hmm. that I made with sugar in the raw. Yeah, and it smells like... And I, I mentioned this right after we, we you, you crafted it. It smells like something that would be very delicious as a hot drink. Yeah. So once, because we, we have waited to taste until we have this moment here. Yeah, it's the cinnamon from the fireball. It really is. It smells like Christmas. Oh, wow. That silence that you just heard mm-hmm. was um, the sugar mixing with the, the sugar liqueur of the cinnamon, mm-hmm. but it balances out the heat. Mm-hmm. And when you mix in the cold with the the rum, it kind of emulsifies, like blends together and actually um, creates a cookie kind of flavor in your mouth. It does taste like a cinnamon cookie. Yeah, it's like a spice cookie. But also like j- going back to the making this an actual like steamed hot cocktail, um, this... This almost tastes like a mulled cider. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I'm imagining if this was if this was warm, more like a hot toddy. Yeah, um, this would be delicious. I'm really happy that we we went through this process of trying to figure out what we actually had for mixers available to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, we're going on vacation next week, so mm-hmm. like, I didn't. We don't have a lot of our normal stuff that we have in our fridge because mm-hmm. we haven't been. You know, we don't. We haven't stocked up. Yeah, and that makes perfect sense. And, you know, since we're in the spare bedroom studio at your home, um, you know, my back bar is not available. I did bring the rum. That is true. Um, which I picked up in between um, the Norseman episode and now. Um, and I'm really happy that I did. Mm-hmm. I made I made some Dark and Stormies with it. Mm. It was really nice. Yeah, Dark and Stormies are a great, nice, easy drink. Like, mm-hmm. they're a great thing to have on hand when you're just entertaining and you want to make a quick cocktail to mm-hmm. impress. Um, because it, there is a little bit of, like you know or like making that goes into it yeah but it's still simple Mm -hmm. and it's not just two ingredients it's not just a rum and coke exactly you know you still have to add in like bitters and you can you can dress up a dark and stormy too Mm -hmm. and i used um i used a a sprecher 
um, however you want to pronounce it. I always, mm-hmm. you know, different people will make a much harder K yeah. sound. Um, but it was an alcoholic ginger beer with that one as well. Mm. Um, and then I think I had Angostura bitters. Yeah. Um, just like the Angostura st- bitters are the standard great. Angostura mm-hmm. bitters. And um, uh, it was delicious. Yeah. No, well, I'm. Obviously. And yeah, well, yeah. And like the cool thing about like the Dark and Stormy is, again, like you can, you can dress it up. Mm hmm. If you decide to make it fancy, like you can do a spice mix, you mm-hmm. can um, add a garnish that looks kind of cool. And you to can it. you can do it pretty simply with just getting like a different flavor of bitters. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different bitters that are out there, um, and you're or you could do like the Angostura orange, you know, the Angostura brand mm-hmm. orange bitters. Um, you know, there's a lot of different options, and it's again, it's the same set of ingredients that are all pretty easy to have on hand. Yeah, one of my favorite things actually about um, cocktails in general is, and I know we're digressing from our actual burgers here, but this is what podcasting. This is, about. is what podcasting is about. Um, one of my favorite things about cocktails in general is that, well, and and sort of like like just our the way our brains work in general mm-hmm. is that you can add an aromatic to a mm-hmm. drink. And it changes the flavor profile just enough to make it unique. Mm-hmm. I mean, we go back to our Lawless episode and we talk about the Genepi, which as, you know, just kind of a, f- a back flavor additive is amazing mm-hmm. to put in something else to just lift that spirit to a higher level or exactly. cocktail. Yeah. So anyways, let's go back to talking about the Juicy Lucy's yeah. again, because I think we've digressed enough about We did spend about seven minutes talking cocktails. about cocktails here. That's okay. But actually, no, that's a good place to take... The cocktails in general are actually a great place to talk, mm-hmm. to kind of start talking about the 5-8 Club, mm-hmm. because the 5-8 Club got its start around Prohibition. As a lot of things that we end up talking on mm-hmm. this podcast about do. Yeah, it actually got started as a speakeasy. It was a gin joint. It was a juice joint. Mm-hmm. It was a place that people could go and get a drink when alcohol was illegal in the 1920s. Oh, the 1920s. <laughs> yeah. The time uh, Minnesota, like, we, we forget that Minnesota has its own history of, mm-hmm. well, we don't forget because we talk about it on this yeah. podcast frequently enough. It's history of speakeasies, and mm-hmm. I'm so happy to see, like, the speakeasy culture coming back in Minnesota. Yeah. I mean, I love the fact that we have Volstead. We have two Vols- two speakeasies yep. in Minnesota named Volsteads. Mm-hmm. We have one in Egan, behind and, Burgers and Bottles. And, and then, then there's one in Minnesota. Yeah, or uh, Minneapolis. <laughs> They're both in Minnesota. Soda. Oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah, no, one in Minneapolis and Uptown, mm-hmm. um, right off of uh, Lake. That's right. It's, it's like, right behind Uptown, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the arcade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one's a fun one because it actually feels like you're really going into. Yeah, uh, there's the whole like sliding, mm-hmm. I like eyelet hole in the door and the red light and the password yeah. for the night and yeah, like if you're going for a true mm-hmm. like speakeasy experience in Minneapolis, there are three places in Minneapolis proper that you should go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Volsteads, absolutely. Um. Uh, the one behind Young Joni, whose name I don't remember. I haven't been there either. It's just a back alley yep. area with like a door. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Al's Place. Yeah. Because Al's Place, well, it does have an exterior entrance. Pretend I didn't say that. I just want to say that, you know, in case you have mm-hmm. a friend that's just not part of the fun. Yeah. Go to the photo booth in Stanley's Northeast. Oh. Oh. Just go sit down in the photo booth in Stanley's Northeast when Al's place is open, of course, mm-hmm. and you'll have a great time. Awesome. 
And we still have to go like together because yes, because I, I I think I've been once, and I say I think I've been because there's a lot of nights that we've had that you know I've had to pay for a ride home mm-hmm. afterwards because I'm a responsible adult. Yeah. Um. But you know, you start to lose track of time at that point. It, and you know, for our non-Minnesota listeners or our non-like Minneapolis listeners, mm-hmm. there are plenty of places in the place you go. Like my when my spouse and I travel, like we look up all these places and. You know, I'll mention, we'll, we'll be continuing to mention places outside mm-hmm. of Minnesota, too, as we continue to do podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, like, actually, I just went to one um, this weekend in Duluth called Rathskeller. It is Ooh. not, um, it's it's one of those ones that's actually marked. It's got, like, a sign, but it's yeah. basically just a sign. Okay. And not, oh, <laughs> it's just a sign and nothing else. Oh. So you go down a basement, and it's just this cool little basement bar with classic cocktails. Nice. I mean, I had a Singapore Sling. Mm. I had a Mai Tai. I had a Sazerac. Um, And you love your Sazeracs. I do. And this one was uh, the New York variety of Sazerac, so it was rye whiskey and Demerara syrup. Oh, nice. Mm Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Yeah, so the classic Sazerac, the New Orleans recipe, I believe uses uh, cognac or curvassier rather than, Mm -hmm. uh, because that's cognac, right? Yeah. And rather than uh, rye whiskey. Mm -hmm. But most modern places today will use rye over cognac. Yeah. Because that's what most people are used to. Yeah, and rye whiskey is delicious. It really is. And honestly, I kind of like the version with rye. Mm Mm-hmm. I need to spend more time with the rye that we've still got from the Norseman episode. Yeah, you should. Because that, like, I... That was a good rye. Yeah. And I, so, as we're having this conversation, I had just re-listened to that episode myself. And um, I, we, we, I got to the point where we uh, we added water and really opened everything up. And uh, I was cracking up as I was uh, re-editing the episode. <laughs> and it was so fun. Um, but... So, um, 5.8 started as a speakeasy. Yes. And um, in it continued on like that for, you know, until obviously Prohibition ended. Um, the Great Repeal Day. Yeah, the Great Repeal Day. It wasn't until 1950 or so mm-hmm. when uh, 5-8 claims to have invented the Juicy Lucy, which mm-hmm. coincidentally is the same decade that Matt's claims to have invest- invented the Juicy Lucy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I smell a conspiracy. A little bit. Yeah, the the Minnesota conspiracy. And again, you know, it, it, this is one of those things that like we've had we've had discussions with our friends that have devolved into near shouting matches about who believes which story. That's true. Yeah, about the Juicy Lucy, and you know, it's kind of that weird like choosing a hill to die on for like the the almost lamest thing because i mean it's still a burger like it's a very delicious burger it's a very minnesotan burger but at the end of the day as much as i still hold that i believe matt's story i still go to every place yeah i'll still go to both of them the the thing that separates the two and here's Mm -hmm. the distinction between the two i introduce people to matt's Mm -hmm. or to the nook if Mm -hmm. i'm really trying to be easy yeah because matt's is matt's is a great place but it's also like just it's a really smaller place and it's it's hard to go to too because it's still cash only it's still cash only and the parking is a nightmare it is uh-huh whereas the 58 in uh, well uh, in their west st paul and their minneapolis mm-hmm. location they still have a parking lot yeah so you can actually get parking yeah going to matt's in the middle of winter 
is like one of the mm-hmm. most difficult things that you can do if you're desperate for a yeah. Mads burger. Well, and I think honestly, I think these days it's a nostalgia factor mm-hmm. at this point because really it's just like, yeah, you go to Matt's, you get the classic burger with American cheese. Mm-hmm. It's on a griddle. It tastes delicious. There's mm-hmm. a little bit of grease to it. It's got that little bit of char to it and it it's good. And you get your toasted Somet- buns. Yeah. And Sometimes then you, you get, get the- onions if you yeah. want them and that's it. Yeah. You Whereas, can get pickles, yeah. you can get ketchup and mustard, and you can get the, the crinkle fries. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yeah, it's a classic like bar food experience, which is something I love. But the 5-8 and the Nook and you know all the other places that we've already mentioned, they will add a lot more depth yeah. to the Juicy mm-hmm. Lucy. Like I did my Juicy Lucy with blue cheese in it. Mm-hmm. It was a mistake to do it with blue cheese in it, but it was like just blue cheese. Like I would have done bacon on top yeah. or something. Like had I done that, it would mm-hmm. have been really good. See, I've done... Um, I've made a lot of Juicy Lucy's. I did. I I, I ran the grill for a mm-hmm. party probably like 12 years ago now. Um, but I I got like four different kinds of cheese. So I had like a nice a nice Roquefort. Mm. Um, and yeah, that was cheese. and you know that's what I did uh, for like the blue cheese burger. And I had um, I had like I had a Tillamook cheddar. Uh, where it's a little bit more kind of a creamy, which has a different melting point too. Exactly, because uh, it's like if you do just kind of like your standard, like large chain grocery store mm-hmm. cheddar cheese, um, it will melt weird inside and yeah. it'll be really greasy. Uh, whereas the Tillamook, I have found it gets a nice creamy cheddar mm-hmm. on the inside. And then I did the American slices, and I think I did uh, like a. Gouda or Gruyere, which are very different but sound the same. Yeah, they um, are very, very different. Gruyere <laughs> is, I believe, more of a Swiss, and and Gouda is a Dutch cheese. So. Yeah, it. But it's one of those things that you know. Again, it's been mm-hmm. like over a decade since I like actually did this. Uh, so it's there was a G, and there was a U sound yeah. in there, and either way, all of them were delicious in their own way. You know, and, you know, toasted the buns off to, you know, the low heat yep. area of the grill. Definitely. Um, always toast your buns. If you're making burgers, toast. Always toast your toast buns. Toast your buns. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it really changes a lot of things. It adds some more crunch. Yeah. And um, the, the thing about toasting buns, too, you can just toast them dry. Mm-hmm. But it's always nice if you do, like, a little bit of a brush of either, like, olive oil or um, butter. Mm-hmm. Not, like dry not like cold butter but like warm butter yeah don't just like try to jam butter into the bun. sometimes i will uh i will melt i will melt butter and then i will brush it on because i have a nice um silicone like we're very very brush. passionate cookers and yeah. and cocktail people yeah that's well, why you listen to us hopefully hopefully because uh, <laughs> i like i did um, I did a lot of like I have a I have a cast iron griddle pan, mm-hmm. um, that I like I bought for pancakes. Have never made pancakes on it. I don't know why. That's okay. Um, but I have it, and I've made a lot of burgers on there. And a lot of times, what I will do is I will make the burgers and then just lightly wipe so I get like all of the like really heavy grease and mm-hmm. kind of um you know like the the stuff you don't want. But then I will just throw butter on that and then toast the buns as soon as I've finished cooking the burgers on there and you get the the fond and kind of the nice uh you know leftover from the cooking of the burgers and it's one of my favorite ways to make burgers. so this is this actually kind of brings me to a good segue mm-hmm. what is your preferred burger grilling method oh man um if if I have the ability 
it's over charcoal. Okay. And it's over not like the the like the Kingsford briquettes and the kind of classic things. It's the like chunk charcoal, like, raw charcoal. The, the, yeah. like the natural chunk charcoal um that i've been using for a little while i think you introduced me to that a while ago mm-hmm. um and that's what i've been using ever since and it's like you know i got uh I, we got a new grill a couple of years ago when we moved into our last house yeah. and i had a nice i had a bigger yard than i do now and um you know, I've I've been like I got a I got a chimney for it and kind of went really mm-hmm. nuts. And it's it is one of those things that cooking over a grill like that takes a lot of time it to does. get it started. The cooking is really quick once your grill is to temperature. Getting it to temperature takes like an hour or more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it depends. Oh, on that's the- why you have a cocktail hour beforehand. Mm-hmm. That's why you uh, look at our show notes uh, when we remember to put the recipes in the show notes. <laughs> exactly. But because uh, I did, um, we had a we had a birthday party for one of my housemates a uh, little while ago, and I made burgers and I had some T-bone steaks um, that I'd been saving, mm-hmm. and uh, I did those over the grill, and they it was everything that I wanted. So if I have if I have the option, I go full on nice day, sit there with a like a big pot grill. And, uh, and and cook over charcoal. If I do not have the option, like if it's raining or it's winter time and it's too cold, uh, I will use the cast iron on the stove mm-hmm. uh, because that's always a good option. You know, you got nice even heat distribution. You still have to like heat that up for a little while, but once you get it nice and ripping hot, it's gonna take yeah. very little time to get it done. See, I'm a, I, I'm I grew up with gas grills. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like grilling on charcoal because of the difference in flavor that you get with mm-hmm. it. But I grew up on gas grills. So my cooking techniques evolved from gas grill cooking. Mm-hmm. So my burger grilling method is to start the burgers over indirect heat mm-hmm. to let them start baking and get the internal temperature up. And then you sear it. At and the then end. I sear it at the end to kind of seal everything in and, 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 you know, get the like the char marks. Now, some people do it in the reverse where they actually do put it over the direct heat first. Get the and good the, char marks and then move it to And indirect. then move it to indirect. There, it's sort of, you know, it, it, it's kind of up to you how you like your burgers. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it gives you sort of the same result either way. The nice thing about doing it one way first, like mm-hmm. doing it the char first and like putting it over direct heat first and then moving indirect is that it kind of seals in some of the juices a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't, re- I'm not really good at telling when meat is done when I do it that way. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I put it over indirect first and then I go to direct, I can know when the meat is done. Yeah. I did. Um, so back to the, the birthday party that I did. Um, because of the size of my grill and the amount of meat that I actually had, like, cause the, the steak that I had chosen for the birthday person, uh, was like 22 ounces. Mm-hmm. It was a very large, uh, it was a very large T-bone steak. And so I did all of the burgers around a ring on indirect heat the whole time, um, and just kind of moved them around a little bit. And, you know, they still had a little bit of pink in the middle, so they weren't all the way, like, cooked through, mm-hmm. which is how I really like my burgers. Uh, the steaks I did over the most direct heat, and I got them uh, just a little bit past Pittsburgh Blue. Okay. Um, which was amazing. And what does Pittsburgh Blue mean? Pittsburgh Blue, blue is uh, charred on the outside and very rare on the inside. Thank you. Um, and the the long and short of it, you know, 
if you like your steak well done, that is your taste. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, you shouldn't apologize for liking your steak the way you like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, you know, it for me, the way that a nice, you know, rare, medium, rare steak tastes, it's juicy. It is very easy to chew. Um but with the the nice char on the outside, it imparted a lot of flavor because I just did, you know, kosher salt, cracked black pepper, mm-hmm. and some olive oil to keep it uh, lubricated on the grill, and it came out wonderful. So, Aaron, mm-hmm. uh, on the travel by proxy, completely arbitrary review scale, mm-hmm. what would be the one thing that keeps you going back? To 5.8? To 5.8. Oh, man. I mean, because it's obviously going to be the Juicy Lucy and now I have to describe it in a semi-pretentious way. So I would end up saying, um, you know, just wonderfully charred meat with a uh, with a lava uh, or like a flowing magma of cheese in the center um, that may or may not burn the absolute crap out of my mouth. But it is delicious every single time. For me, it's the Supper Club experience mm, mm-hmm. and the Juicy Lucy Burger. Because the difference between Matt's and the 5.8 is that when you go to the 5.8, you get the Supper Club experience. Yep. And you get the uh, the like 65-year-old women that walk in and say, oh, they've got the beef stool. So, do you disagree with our completely arbitrary review scale? Do you absolutely hate Matt's? Or do you hate the 5.8 Club? Well, you can give us feedback. Email us, fans at travelbyproxy.com, or leave a comment on our Facebook page. Our Travel by Proxy theme is Good Day by Alex, copyright 2012. Our closing music is Now We're Talking by Jarrett's, copyright 2015. Both are licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license and can be found at dig.ccmixter.org. We wish you you a look out your window. Moving these stones and yours. Rearranging all the pieces that you find Now we're talking about Things and places, all the names And the faces of the people that you love